What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy holidays. And welcome to another edition of the Charles Coleman Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Coleman, and I'm super excited about our special year-end wrap-up that we have for you today. Before we get started, make sure you do yourself a favor. Go down, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you're following us on YouTube. Make sure you're streaming us wherever you are catching your podcast. That's Apple Music, that's Spotify, Pandora. We're everywhere like air, all the way up in hyperspace. So come get with us on your new favorite podcast, the new home for Black Brilliance, the Charles Coleman Podcast. Really, really looking forward to today's year and wrap up. I got the whole team with me. So the dream team, we usually run the triangle offense. Sometimes we on the give and go. But today I got the whole squad on the couch with me for today's conversation. So let's get right into it. To my left, y'all know him, y'all love him. Mr. High Energy himself, Emerson's <laughs> finest style and performance. We got DJ CEO in the building. What's happening? What's happening? What up, bro? Happy holidays, brother. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. All of that. And of course, to my right, we have the boss at 593 Washington. She is the professional winner. You know her. You love her. She holds it down. She's the leader of the Blue Notes. Gloria Sharubin <laughs> is on the couch. <laughs> What's going on? How you doing? I'm wonderful. How you feeling? Happy holidays, Happy sis. holidays to you, too. Good to see you. Yeah, man. I'm happy to be here. Right. You looking, you're looking real festive. I'm outside. Outside looking like a Christmas present. Listen, I'm somebody's gift. God damn. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, to her right, Always understated, but never underrated. You got him, you love him, you know him. My man, Kirk Quillen, is in the building. Smooth as cashmere with the point. <laughs> right, baby. You just gonna just rock that to the, just. It's mine now. <laughs> Let it be yours, brother. <laughs> Own it. So, you know, I hope everyone is enjoying a good holiday. I hope everyone had a great Christmas. But I got to, before we get into the year and wrap up, I gotta give a shout out to whoever out there got bad gifts because somebody got bad gifts somebody is right now hurting they they're they're in pain because they got bad gifts so because of this i'm going to tell a story to make them feel better and they can use they can because they ain't got a worse story than this in terms of bad gifts trust me you ain't got a worse story than this so a couple years ago first of all let me say this one of my pet peeves in terms of relationships is a bad gift giver I can't stand it. Uh, and, and when I say bad gift, I don't mean super expensive because you could buy an expensive gift and it'd be terrible. Mm. I really mean cheap. Like, don't be cheap, right? So, I like to give good gifts. If I'm going to give a gift, I'm going to give a good gift, mm. right? So, a couple years ago, I'm dating this young lady. And, um, you know, we're involved. And it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Christmas time, right? <laughs> so she had given me her Christmas list. I had given her mine. I had, because I was still a prosecutor at the time, so I had ties, cufflinks, practical stuff for work, right? A watch, because I'm a watch guy. I love watches. Cologne. Um, and then I think I said uh, uh, it was a, you know, those iPod docking stations that you used to have mm-hmm. for my office. Mm-hmm. That was my list. It was, it was pretty basic, all right? That year, I got her, because the Wii had just come out, I got her a Wii, the second controller, for those of us who play wow, yeah, games. Very important. Yeah. Very, important. <laughs> very important, right? You, you so you her. got two controllers. You really like that. And like three games on top of that. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, I said, I said, shorty, I was tricking. I was tricking. So, so she hands me a box. This is this is part one of the story. She hands me a box, and in the box is you know back in the day where you could go to like K and G or like one of them like hood. <laughs> Your eyes told the story. One of them hood spots where you get the matching cufflinks and the matching tie. Nah, and the yeah, matching- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. That was number one. I was like, oh, this is what you think of me? <laughs> All right, bet. Number two, she gave me a Sean John at the time that was like the hot cologne, unforgivable set. But it was a gift set, but it had like a watch with like glass in it. Like for the numbers, like uh-huh. like they were fake fake they wasn't even real rhinestones. You know, like it was, throw your rollies in the sky. Did she think you was like a hip hop lawyer? Like like like, <laughs> but the watch just was so cheap. Right, yeah, right, right. Like, so so now I'm like, like, yo, is this really what you think of me? Last part. Mm. She gets me the iPod docking station. I'm like, all right, this is cool. I look on the box, I'm like, Datsun? They don't they make cars? Like they make Wow. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Exactly. So she looking at me like, oh, I got you everything you want. Oh, but wait, there's more. For under a hundred dollars. <laughs> I go to my office. I go to my office. I plug the, the stereo in. Like three days in, the joint starts making this <laughs> noise with it, right? So I'm talking to show. I'm like, yo, something wrong with the radio. You got me. I'm gonna just take it back. You got the gift receipt. So she's pressing me, like, let me take it back. I'm gonna take it back. I'm like, nah, it's Toys and Russ, it's all the way out on uh, Valley Stream. I'm gonna go. So she was kind of like funny about it. So I drive out there. I walk up. I'm like, yo, you know, I'm going to exchange this radio, so on and so forth. I should have known something was up when the sales clerk was like, I need to talk to a manager. <laughs> so G's face is telling it all. So she goes to the manager, comes back. The manager comes out. He's like, uh, sir, I said, yeah, I want to exchange this for another one. He's like, we don't have any more. I said, OK, I want to exchange this for something comparable to it. He said, well, um, we don't have anything comparable, but I could give you a gift card. I said, well, what's the gift card? Uh, he said, I'll give you a gift card. I said, well, I don't understand what you mean. Why don't you have anything comparable? He said, this was a free gift that we gave to people if they spent $50 or more. Oh, my God. <laughs> so then he was like, I could give you a gift card for the value of it. For the $4, this thing is worth. I said, and I, I, I swear to you, I will never forget this day. I said, how much is the full value of it? $13.84. Wow. I wanted to kill that demon. <laughs> I wanted to kill it. So whoever's out there, if you got a bad wow. gift for Christmas, it's all right. I understand. I've been there. I feel your pain. Just, you know, you ain't going to talk that. That's, yeah, pretty damn bad. That's bad. I thought you were going to say she got it, like, from David Buster's, you know, like the machine. Because <laughs> they be having the those in there sometimes. You know what I mean? You put, like, a little... Might well, I thought she stole it. <laughs> oh, damn. All right, let's go ahead and get into today. So today... She did. We're missing this skew. Exactly. <laughs> we did inventory. We found this skew there. Uh, Mr. Coleman, we don't even sell it this. Never exactly. This came out of Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> so today is our year wrap-up. Um, we're looking at the top 10 stories from the year, the top 10 trends, the top 10 topics that have been going on. 
But not just that. The ones that are, matter to us, the ones that make a difference to us, the ones that are going to move the needle or have moved the needle of the conversation in our community. So, you know what? Ladies first, holiday season. We got holiday gifts going on. Starting out at number 10, what you got, G? So number 10 is going to be Nia Long and Ime Aduko. <sighs> and then I'll talk about Amy and TJ. These relationships at the workplace that are not going right. They took over this year, this last half, this last quarter, we saw this year get dominated with this conversation. Why is it so hard for you black men to not sleep with white women at your job? Like, mm. I just don't understand. And the idea that you guys get to get away with it because said white men do it, doesn't work. You're losing your jobs. I read something, I saw a meme the other day that made me holler. It said, um, don't know don't know two people fall in love faster than coworkers. Nobody. <laughs> and I was just like, You know why? Because people mm -hmm. hate going to work and they be trying to find reasons to want to be at the job. Yeah. Ain't nothing like a love relationship, but you gotta not do You know what else it is? Stop though? sleeping with the white people. You can't do that. <laughs> it's the <laughs> You can't. Yo, you going down. It's the it's the You gotta pick better. It's a couple things, I think. Honestly, I think that what fuels it. I think that it's I'm having sex with somebody I'm not supposed to have sex with. And I'm doing it most of the time in places I ain't supposed to be doing. Right. Like, I ain't saying that it's a good idea. And now you home. <laughs> Suspended. Right. right. Ain't getting no buns. Getting no buns. <laughs> because she done, her husband done found out, so she can't come outside no more. Your yeah. wife is tight. She out. Like. So let me ask you something. What aspect of the story is more offensive? That it was happening with a coworker in violation of work policies and procedures, or that you left and stepped out on me with someone from another race. I don't care about the race car. I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I care about the fact that you left for work. This is how we sustain our family. You messed up the bag. And you fucking up the bag. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's millions of women out here in the world. You could, And then the, the fact that they're celebrity status people. You know what I'm saying? Like, your pickings are extremely high. Why would you risk the bag for some shushun? Like, you're killing me. Shushun is undefeated. It's undefeated. I don't even know what that is. But You what, know what, what shushun is. What is shushun? Shushun is the p Come on. Oh, I've never heard of that. I've oh never, my gosh. I've never heard of that. <laughs> Kurt, what do you think like drives this conversation with respect to, I think G said at one point, like men putting a tiki leak where it don't belong. <laughs> what drives that? Yeah. Option. Mm. Yeah, I think um, option. That's, what, that's the word that pops in my head. So, you, I, you know, a couple years ago, somebody said to me, a man is only as faithful as his options. And I didn't believe it at the time. As I got older, I understood it more. But to what to what end though? Cause like what we saw this year with just the two examples that G gave, you you blew it, bro. You bro you blew it. So like to what end? Nah, cause we're in a different world now, man. I'm hot now. Hot for what? Another job? Not even for another job. Shushun. More shushun. <laughs> I, I mean, but if you living by the shushun quota, then but, I, mean, I even, hope that... even past that, like the fact that we're discussing it keeps me relevant. So with relevancy come options. I want to put something to this. I think <laughs> when it comes to workplace romances or affairs, whatever, particularly between two married people, right? It's like you both have something to lose, right? So I think that goes into the decision-making as well. Now, with the email doka, somebody blew the whistle, right? Um, they probably thought they wasn't going to get caught. Somebody blew the whistle. With the TJ and home, the, the co-host, like, they was just 
flagrant with it. Right. Like they were in the street holding hands in the coffee shop. They're not hiding nothing. That is a little bit more like disrespectful than the, you know, at least you tried to like the keep. The whole thing is disrespectful. The whole thing is disrespectful. What you see what I'm saying is like they thought when you when you when people make have affairs like this, I think in their minds they feel like, well, we both have something to lose. I don't expect you to out me and I'm not gonna out you. Yeah. The TJ thing, they just threw that whole thing out the window. Mm. They was just in the streets. Gotta do better. Coming in at number nine, Katanji Brown Jackson. She is the first ever black woman to sit as a justice in on the high, highest court in the land, mm. on the Supreme Court. Um you know, I think about this story and there are so many different things I think about. Obviously the conversation around legacy, obviously the conversation about representation, this being something that was well past due for very, very long. But the first thing that I think about, if anyone remembers, because it's been such a long year, were her confirmation hearings. The amount of sexism and racism and pushback that this woman endured and handled herself with, of course, the grace, the class, the poise, the professionalism that you expect or that we're expected to handle ourselves in in different situations. And yet and still, some of those same senators still voted no. Well, I mean, we know she wasn't going to have an easy way in. You right. know what I'm saying? They were going to resist and put up a fight. I'm just glad she made it in. I mean, it's pivotal for this year for her to have that space. And Tag is just it's trying to remember the year seemed like it flew by so fast, but yeah, like that, that felt yeah. like it was so, so long, long ago. ago. Yeah, That's so yeah. crazy. I'm like, damn, that was this year. I think on a larger scale, part of what bothered me about this is you cannot have that type of confirmation hearing and with, with so many different dog whistles and then turn and not call them out and then turn around and be like, how did our dialogue get to this place? That's going to bring us to number eight. CEO, you wanted to talk about my man from GA or your man from GA or somebody, somebody's man from that ain't GA. My what you got, who's, bro? Whose man's is this? Uh, we're talking about uh, the Hall of Fame running back and um, current buffoon, Herschel Walker. Not current buffoon. buffoon. Nah, he, um, <laughs> I, I, I want to address this more. So, it's less about him and it's more an indictment on the country the state of the country, where we are, to have someone who is in a Senate race uh, talk about the difference between vampires and werewolves and how he'd much rather be, I don't know, what was it a werewolf? werewolf. First of all, <laughs> as someone who enjoys vampire lore a great deal, I was highly offended <laughs> that he right. even interjected himself <laughs> into a conversation that was minding its own business. <laughs> right. That's besides the point. <laughs> right. He was called a coon and he wasn't even intelligent enough to understand that this is a bad thing. And then said, the coon is one of the smartest Smart animals. And, and it was just like, okay, one, the Republican Party thought that little of us to think that putting him up there would divide the black vote. They couldn't have thought we really was going to fall for this banana and this tailpipe. Like this was egregious. When you saw that, when you saw him, when you, what, 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 what did that trigger? If anything, Opportunity is what I saw. I, I also, uh, to piggyback on CEO, um, the diversity of the new mind in this country right now, it's- That sounds like some deep shit. Yeah, it's- <laughs> Diversity it's, of the new mind. Tell me about that. What's that? When That's, is that book dropping? <laughs> <Word>. Soon. <laughs> Stay following the podcast. The, um, 
you know, just just people now have. I think we've all, especially since post pandemic, like I think a lot of people have kind of had it with with life and reality right now. <laughs> like I'm sick of all of everything, right? Right, right, right? So you know what? If something new is presented to me, why not? I know how this thing goes for since forever, right? I've been told and trained and, tra- and, and, and programmed to do it this kind of way. And now you're going to show me something else outside of this. I don't have no faith in this thing over here. I don't know nothing about this thing over here. But be- the fact that it's, it's new different. and you allowed it to be introduced, I'm rocking with that. I'm going to say this at the risk of pissing some people off, but Herschel Walker wasn't necessarily as evidenced by the fact that he was in a runoff and that the runoff that he was in was still close. He wasn't a terrible pick in terms of wanting to win an election. In terms of what you want in a senator. You mean, oh, I got you. you, He wasn't a terrible choice. It actually makes a lot of sense until kids and abortions and all that other shit started showing up. But other than that, here's someone who had tons of name recognition in the state of Georgia and was qualified in terms of a visibility space to step in, was willing to really embrace conservative ideology in a way that was aligned with Trump, which before the election, or you know, when you think about when candidates are chosen and selected, it actually makes sense, or it seemed like a good bet. The problem with Herschel Walker was he ignored his past and felt like, I can get beyond that. I can still control the narrative around who I am. And the scary thing, to your point, CEO, is that he almost did. Number seven, what we got? Oh, we got Brittany Griner. Mm, shout out, BG. Big welcome shout home. out. Big out. Welcome home. Welcome home. I mean, you know what's crazy is seeing how these past 10 months played out mm. from the time of her arrest. You know, and it, it, it almost felt hopeless around September, like when it was getting close to her sentencing. And we just felt like, she was never coming home. So I, it took me by total surprise. Listen, when I woke up <laughs> and you know how that first look yeah, at your phone, yeah. I totally read it wrong. I called my friend and was like, yo, did they just release Brittany to some war selling armsmen? And right, she right. was like, girl, you read the story all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was really powerful this year to see how Keeping her name at the front of media, I felt like really was part of why we see her come out, number Mm -hmm. one. Number two, I also feel like it was really important for us to kind of like galvanize behind her because as a black woman, to finally get to this point and then to see her come home, you know, we got to big up, everybody want to hate Biden we got to give him his props. You know what I'm saying? Because they followed through on that. They We got her back. And I understand that situation with the other guy that's still out there. I don't know. I think, you know, we need to get Canada and other people involved because he's got a lot of citizenship in a lot of different places. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he does. <laughs> they need to do their work and get their part and right, figure out right. what their exchange rate is right, uh, right. for my man. What you got on this? What y'all got? Let's <laughs> figure it out. I want to see what happens now as far as actual support, particularly from women for the WNBA because a large part of this conversation is like, well, the only reason why she was over there is because it's with this. And there's a lot of ignorance on understanding why WNBA players get paid what they paid. So if they don't want something like this to happen again, I'm interested to see the support that not just comes around there her. There was a lot of energy yeah, around that conversation. That comes around, so what are you going to so do? So showing up to the games, spending, so the, NBA, so the WNBA stops losing money because they've been in the red since day one. 
Right. Since they won. Now, that's a very so. important point because there was a lot of energy around that conversation to say, well, she shouldn't have been over in there. And it, it extended to a very complex conversation around pay equity in different sports leagues. What's interesting to me about it is Kurt and I sat on this couch uh, like in September or August. And it was like when she got away, when she went and gone away and we were like, yo, it did feel hopeless. Right. And so this is probably one of the best feel-good stories that we can celebrate at large that we've had all year yeah. because it came out of nowhere and no one expected it. Yep. I ain't going front. I'm not the biggest Joe Biden fan, but you can't take this away from his can't administration. Nope. Like you can acknowledge like, I don't really mess with Joe Biden or I think that there are a lot of different things that I would critique about him. A lot of different places he may fall short, but not on today. On this night, right. we are going to celebrate you for what you have done in our community. And the reason why, if some people be like, she ain't do that for our community. Chill out, bro. Because here's <laughs> right. the thing. If he didn't do it, you would criticize him for it in the name of community. Uh, right. So the fact that he did, you got to let him rock. You got to let him yeah, rock. You got to let, let him rock on that, right? The one damper that really bothered me was how the right attempted to shift the narrative about what, who wasn't brought home. Right. And at the end of the day, playing that game doesn't help anybody, but but we're all glad we, she's home. Coming in at number six, Kurt, what we got at number six? Uh, number six was the slap heard around the world. Will Smith and Chris Rock. Keep my wife's Next name out, out your, your fucking mouth. mouth. You know what's so crazy about that story? What's that? I didn't find it funny. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I was, I was kind of weirded out by that whole thing, right? On one hand, I'm like, he's professing that he's holding it down for wifey, right? But prior to that. Wifey was looking crazy out here with the entanglements and all this other stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. So, where like <laughs> I'm stu I'm now stuck in the middle, right? And my I can't shift either way because now I'm a proverbial f boy, right? So where do I'm supposed to stand on this? And then now you come up and slap this dude on our big night, right? For the first time, it would have been our big night. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the penalty behind this? I think in some ways it may have it may have ushered him into a premature twilight in what was otherwise a very remarkable career. But your point is well taken. Like, I think the, the question is more or less like, pardon the pun, how do I ever get the taste of that out of my mouth? Like, how do I ever not associate you with that moment in time? Which may not necessarily be the fairest thing, but what you said was you did it on our big night. There was a lot of people who that impacted. That was a Will Packer night. That was um who else who else got Quest Love? That was a Quest Love night. And him. And that was his big night too. And him. We've been here for a couple years, right? Okay. You, you know how this goes. He he'd be all right. He's he's back. He got a movie out, a slave movie. Of course you got another play, one. You gotta play a slave. It's a freedom movie. It's a, a I'm sorry, movie. it is a freedom movie. It is a freedom movie. But the Man. point is, he'll be all right. <laughs> Will we ever forget about it? No. Will it define him? No. You don't know think so? Does it give him street cred? No, first of all, anybody know anything about Will Smith? He nice with them hands. Anybody know anything about Will Smith? His hand game is like that. Well, so it's not. I don't think he gives him street cred. I just think that yeah, maybe people will keep his wife's name <laughs> in their mouth, and and his also. I mean, I think one thing that's constantly been said about that is that Chris Rock got slapped for everybody. 
You got to think mm. about all this, the time has went by. He got slapped for August Alcina. August Alcina, all this stuff, the people throwing darts got at him. He got slapped by, not for Tupac. But yeah, but yeah, all this saying? stuff, all the shots he's been taking and uh, they've been taking at his wife, taking at him about how she wears the pants, all this type of stuff. That's what Chris Rock got slapped for. Is it, was it cool? No. Do I understand it? Yes. I mean, I definitely um, was, I was upset at first because I just was embarrassed. Like, oh my God, mm. you got two of the biggest comedians in the world acting like straight kids, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Doing some street play game part, fight, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, I think sometimes it's got to get to that place because so many people are so willing to put their name in, take your name and just really feel like they urban can just say whatever they urban want. Urban scientific method. Like, oh, you on social media talking crazy. People, everyone feel like they could just weigh in and just clown you. And it's just like, there's no consequence. Like I could say anything I want, with no consequence. But There's right, consequences. But right, but right <laughs> there, On national though, TV. But right there, I'm though, just saying, but that's the part. That's the part where at this stage, and that's, that's I think a lot of that is attributed to social media. Because yeah. folks is crazy on social media. Everybody got something to say, and they talking crazy. And it's just like, after a while, you really confident in people's ability to maintain their composure. Right, 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 right. To really just be real like, you really trusting my sanity on your mouth yeah. and really not knowing, like, but here's the thing about so I might just snap. I'm gonna ask you a question. Is there anything that can happen, anything being said, anything that'll make you slap somebody at the Yo, line? real talk, I'm gonna tell you, like, I can't promise you that I'm not gonna. You're someone who has talked about the importance of keeping your composure in order to preserve your bag and being in control of your impulses. If you're Jada, Aren't you feeling a way that that's how you handled the situation? Based off of the arguments that you've made about reckless behavior. Because that is reckless behavior. No, it, that's what I'm saying. It so, is. Aren't you, so aren't you, if you're Jada, aren't you a little mad? I'm from very upset, but I also feel like we got to talk about this mental <laughs> health situation because you not going to keep just running your mouth and just expecting people to just have so much tough skin. Like, that's the thing that I think is crazy right now is like folks, it just takes for granted that you could just say whatever you want and just feel like everybody has the capacity to just endure. I don't think that enough people have taken the time to see things from the perspective of Chris Rock. I don't think that people have taken the time to really consider this is a man who has children. This is a man who has a family. This is a grown man, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you put him in that sort of space where you tried him in front of the world, right? He is now the butt of a lot of people. Yo, you ain't gonna Chris Rock me, right? right? right. Like he's the butt of people's jokes. And I think that, you know, you said, you mentioned about, you, you mentioned about mental health. There really were no winners here. On any given day, a lot of us could be Chris Rock and a lot of us could be Will Smith. Smith. Yep. Right. And that's the challenging part about it in terms of like what the takeaway is. I really don't know. All right. Coming in at number five, CEO, you want to talk about the state of hip hop? Yeah, the welfare of it. Um, you know, another year where we have lost a lot of rappers um, to deadly, to gun violence. Um, you know, take off most recently. We had PNB Rock. Um, you had Young Dolph. Um, hip hop is in a really, really dark place right now. And this is kind of the, the, the common thread about mental health, right? I think hip hop has always addressed dark things in our community, mm -hmm. right? But they've done it from either like truly like an either an educational stand, standpoint or artistic standpoint, entertainment standpoint, right? 
And right now, I feel like the entire culture is sedated. I feel like the entire culture is under some sort of drug and it's really, really dark. And I honestly don't see a, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think it's going to get worse. You know, I think for me, I look at it as being emblematic as quite frankly, a war on our own people. Like, and, and, I, and I know that may sound like real, real extreme, but I think about the number of black men who were affected and have been affected as part of this conversation, not just this year, but overall. And I can't help but to feel like this is being a tool that's used to ramp up a lot of the low life and low vibrational stuff mm-hmm. that circles our culture. And, and, and sort of like, I, I ain't really no science dude, but you know how you have protons and neurons and they get attracted to your orbit. It's almost like it pulls it in even closer to us when we don't need none of that closer to us. I think you hit it on the head with the, 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 the attraction. With entertainment, what does that look like, right? So is it that we're gonna usher in a new sound? Is that therapeutic to hip hop? You know, is it, is it content? Is it, is it, who do we now allow in to, to as, a, as a new form of expression, right? Like hip hop has always bounced around, right? So is there a part of the world now that's doing it in a way that once we kind of allow them into the conversation, could they bring some type of hip hop therapy to the, to the table? We don't know. What's happening now is like, nobody cares about talent. Like now rapping is an opportunity to get a get the bag. So they're not creating from a space to like let's get let's uplift us, let's get out of here, let's do this. They're like, no. They're they're from the school of law of um of havoc. No matter how much money I get, I'm never leaving the projects. I think we may need to really ask ourselves in a very, very meaningful way, because we're all sort of about the same age generationally, give or take. What is hip hop supposed to do for us at this point? Particularly from a community place and from a generational place. Because I think it means different things and it serves different purposes at different points. When we were younger, hip hop was literally the only form of cultural expression that was validating our experience. Mm -hmm. And it was the only voice and it was narrow. And it was just something that like wasn't widely available. So it was new, it was fresh, it was speaking for us. And it wasn't something that existed and it was an outlet that was unlike any other because it wasn't widely available. Other outlets weren't widely available. Now, we have a number of different outlets and a number of different ways that we can tell our stories, that we can hear our stories told, Mm -hmm. that we can see ourselves represented. So are we putting too much weight on hip hop to continue to be what it has been for us when it was what it was? No, because it's ours. It went from just this outlet of uh, 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 being a being an urban newscaster to now being this whole planet of everything, street, black, urban, all of these things are, are, are compressed and compiled into this, into this bag. And I think that that's what happened to hip hop. Mm-hmm. I think it got too big because we let too many people in. We had capacity. Can't take no more, we Can't fall. take no more, it's over. Coming in at number four, Kurt, walk us through it. <sighs> two words, Kyrie Irving. In the vein of two words, I got two words to describe Kyrie. He defies explanation. 
everything that we've known this man, whether it be something verbally he said, posted, the way he plays, his decision-making on the court, it defies explanation. The Kyrie saga was one that I think captured all of us the entire, you know, for the entire duration of how it happened. And we, as a community, I think, went through a roller coaster of like different emotions. It usually starts that we're kind of sort of like aligned at the beginning and then as things develop, we start to split. This one happened the other way around. I think at the beginning, some folks were like, yo, the brother just did, he just posted this, so on and so forth, let him rock. You know, or some people are like, nah, you shouldn't have did that, or that was wrong, or you know, you offended people, or people had a problem with it. But I think what definitely happened was the more time went on, the more this brother tried to just be like, all right, y'all got it. I, I, I've apologized, I've done this, I've done y'all got it. And he was still facing just such acute criticism and castigation, I think that's when the community as a whole was like, yo, y'all dragging now it. Now you dragging it. You dragging it. Mm -hmm. With the level of like requirements and expectations that you're placing on this man about whatever it is you feel he did, whether it was a bad decision, a mistake, something that was hateful, something that was hurtful, whatever your position was on it. Like I said, people may have been split at the beginning, but as the, 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 the story developed, I think most people in community were like, y'all are doing too much. The NBA always goes too far. That's just the bottom line. All, I think all these damn sports teams, organizations, they're just, they're over the top on the level of control they want to have over people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I understand the contract, I understand the money, but like his humanity should qualify for something. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, there aren't even rules to apply to this to say, well, he violated code 27-2. California third-party law says you can't post any information. <laughs> Hold as... on, you taking the ball? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on now. I'm just saying, but at the end of the day, it was nothing. They, right. There's nothing for them to kind of like put it against. And it's like, damn, you you can't win for losing in this situation. Like, if I breathe too heavy, you're going to judge me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just really felt like this was really just like, taken way too far. I think I think two things could be true at the same time. I, I agree 1,000% that the media, uh, NBA, everybody took it too far. They were concerned about the money. That's clearly what it came down to. Um, but I think also um, Kyrie is a victim of his own, like, personality. Anybody knows anything about Kyrie? Like, he's always been kind of how he views things his his and how he presents it to people has been like very kind of like not standoffish but it kind of like it's off-putting right so i think Kyrie like all of us is are constantly in a state of learning right but and i don't know him personally but if you listen to him and you watch him he always has his airs of he is the smartest person in the room he knows more than you so how he handles things sometimes makes things more difficult than they should be right a lot of things he was saying was making sense, understanding where he comes from, understanding like the history of who he is and and um, Judaism and how we're starting all. Yes, I get it. But all he had to go was like, I, because the, I guess the main thing with the, the movie or whatever, it was like, it was some very clear misinformation about the Holocaust. Yeah. Like, I don't agree with that. That's wrong. That was my bad. But this is whatever, whatever. He didn't. He was offended that people were questioning him.
you can't you can't do that. It just makes things difficult. Oh, you got a question? This is why. Boom, boom, boom. But but here's the thing, and I said this to someone, and G kind of sort of hit the nail on the head when it comes to this. The problem that I and so many others people other people had about this, particularly as it developed, mm-hmm. is that the response initially was you almost don't have a right to speak. And then after that, you don't want to answer the questions we have for you because we're clearly trying to put you in a box with the questions we're asking Mm -hmm. you and the interviews we're giving you. Mm -hmm. And when you don't answer that, now we got an issue. So now you don't have the right to be silent. So you don't necessarily have the right to free thought, if you want to call it that. You don't have the right to speak and you also don't have the right to be silent when I ask you a question because I deserve an answer. I think that's where people really railed against how this brother was being treated Mm -hmm. in this way. It wasn't necessarily about whether people were supporting movies, comments, themes that were deemed to be Mm anti-Semitic. I I didn't hear that in the mainstream from community. What I heard was, yo, the brother apologized. The brother has tried to make amends financially. He's tried to make amends with his deeds. And he's tried to make amends with his words. And you're still wanting a pound of flesh. Right. Right. It was a a no-win situation. It was like the Colin Kaepernick. I took a knee. Yeah. And right. you you and can't, this is why. Right. This is you can't do nothing. It's like yeah, there's no win. Yeah. There's nothing there's no narrative we can create that basically would have exonerated Kyrie. Coming in at number three, probably like low key, um, one of the biggest conversations that we've had in a very long time that has a lot more to do with just 2022. But Gloria, I would love to hear your thoughts. What do we have? What are we talking about? So Roe versus Wade being overturned. It's still mind boggling to me now today when I think about the fact that this is our current reality, you know? And, you know, it, 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 it rails against stuff that's just like unimaginable to ever think. We would never thought that this would be a reality for us after so many years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now to be in this predicament, it's just like, how did we get here? You have people traveling miles from state to state trying to do cross lines just to to basically have rights over their body. And as as a as a black woman, our bodies being monetized for every aspect of our existence Mm -hmm. is not unusual. You know what I'm saying? But this goes across all women. You know what I'm saying? And the question becomes, you know, how did we get here? How in 2022, where it seems like you could do anything, you could say anything. (laughs) You can go anywhere. Almost. 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 We we land here. And I don't want to start off with the silver lining because after that, I ain't got much. Right. <laughs> but, but I think if, in terms of it being a silver lining, I think one thing that has happened is that we have seen in some states a very swift movement to codify a woman's right to choice over her reproductive rights right as well as codifying and protecting um certain aspects of women's health care that we saw in a few states following the Dobbs decision mm. it's a shame that it took that right it's a shame that it it, it it that we had to get there but 
I think that that level of engagement is a silver lining. And it's only a silver lining because there are some states that will never get there. It was like Trump winning the election. You woke up that day and was like, like nah. Because we all went through it like, nah, it's never going to happen. There's no way right, this guy's right. grabbing shoe shoes. He's doing all kind of crazy stuff. And it's then the, he won. It's the, it's the shoe shoe show. And then he won. And you was like, nah, Bridgman, we can't. That can't be but what's happening for the next four years. To your point, after <laughs> Trump, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Right. Like nothing shot. After him, I was like, oh, yeah, abortion? I saw that he coming. You know, I'm yeah. uncomfortable with that word, after Trump. This happened before Trump. Trump was the awakening. Mm. What, what all of this is to me, and this is just me, and it's going to sound crazy, but the way the world is now is the result of you telling when kids start getting participation trophies, mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is the result of participation yeah. trophies. That, that's America Everyone in a nutshell. feels that their My thoughts. So exactly. <laughs> she, showed yeah. she showed she up. She showed up. Nah. She didn't fall. The nah. kid was whack <laughs> and he never played. And I think that now that there's a conversation about um, same-sex marriages, fortunately that's been staved off. But mm-hmm. now that there was, you know, there was that conversation, that's been staved off. But but for that, that was on the chopping block. Affirmative action is on the chopping block, right? And I think, unfortunately, abortion was just the first domino to fall. I think more men need to be involved in making sure that this right gets that this gets righted because this is not. It's not going to happen just by women. It's not about us as women keeping it in the forefront of men's mind. It's about men really actively deciding in the way that women want. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's even possible in, with the way the world is now? I think it's possible. Because I think I, anything is possible. Like me, even listening to what you just said right now, right? And I, I'm in total agreement with you, right? There, there has to be some that's type it. of... Uh, because you agree, that's all I need. But again, and we're going to change it. <laughs> But we together. have to, we together. Oh, <laughs> keep them turkey wings warm. We good. All right, number two. It was a midterm election this year, y'all. Did you hear about it? Um, anybody? Did anybody I, hear about it? I that? heard about it. No. It, was a, it was like a whole thing. People I drove voted. by it actually. Right. You drove by. I said, oh, you're the Did you go inside? Did you go inside? I know. I went inside. You went inside. I went inside to get a piece. A lot of, of cake. people was like, I'm outside. No, no. This you go inside. Oh, this was, go, <laughs> right. go inside. Get the sticker. There was this concern about a really big red wave that was coming. And it just sort of went back and forth. The Dobbs decision, the decision to remove a woman's right to abortion for as many Democrats as hated it was a huge boost in Dems not losing more seats. That was something that, number one, got people out to the polls. Mm-hmm. People who otherwise normally would have been like, eh, I ain't really with it. They felt like they had to get involved. They felt like that was the thing that they wanted to make their voices heard about. And so they showed up because of Dobbs, right? That was a big deal. Republicans chose terrible candidates. Terrible candidates, you've talked about like one. Like Herschel Walker. Dr. Oz and his crudite, IPA. Like, son, yo. And then it was a lot of election deniers that ensured the loss. There are a lot of Americans that are like, all right, all right, all right. Y'all, we, you doing too much. And we're gonna, we're gonna stop this train or at least slow it down. But I think we got to give credit to the fact that for 22, I think this might have been the most popular midterm election in history. Mm, yeah. Just think about it. Like, we never really cared before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I think it kind of, I think, you know, the main election, everybody always comes out as a big deal. But this one usually kind of, but this year, we, and I think a lot of the things that happened this year with the Roberts, Wade, all that kind of stuff, were part of the January 6th. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the past two years have been like, nah, 
we can't like sleep on this one and not be outside to make sure our voice is heard. All right, y'all. We've been through nine of mm -hmm. our biggest stories for the year. If you're listening, you are checking out the Charles Coleman podcast. This is our special year in review. Uh, all the stories that have been a big deal for us. We've covered Britney. We've covered Will Smith. We've covered Katanji. We've covered Dobbs. We've covered Kyrie and Udoku and everybody else. I got to take my glasses off for this one. This is the story of the year. Mm -hmm. Coming in at the number one spot, the fall of Donda's son. It's almost akin to the significance of it, right? We're not at the end yet. And that's the scary part for me, is that we're not at the end yet. But the significance of it, and I'm saying this like, without any hyperbole at all, it reminds me of like the most tragic of Greek tragedies. So you consider him this creative that's out of this world, right? Super talented, well-respected. It is what it is, right? So it's, it's there. Now, when you come this way, whatever is on the other side of that, it has to be equal, right? And you got to balance out. So in that, though, what we're seeing happening, the, the, way, the, the reason for me why it seems so weird and outlandish is because of what is at stake, right? That, that level of brilliance, genius, I don't like using that word, but that level of genius, right? We're seeing a shift in it. And if it's, if it's so dope, right? It's so contained and it's so revered here for it to shift what we're looking at we've never seen before. So any and all things that shows this thing moving and morphing is going to seem too much. Because Are you it, suggesting that what we've seen from him isn't as bad or shouldn't be as much of a concern as it is? I think that's what I'm saying. What, the, way, wow. the way I understand it is the first cowboy over the hill gets the most arrows, right? Mm. But we don't know what, what that's, that's the part we know, right? Something came over here that shouldn't have been over here or we've never seen before. We got to kill it. Let's, 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 let's knock this thing down, right? But we don't know the conversation or what took, had to take place for that cowboy to go there. You and I have talked about like the need to intellectualize bullshit. And I think that it's a lot easier just to accept the thing as for what it is, as opposed to trying to figure out, like, to contort ourselves to be like, nah, we ain't seen the bigger picture, son. Right, right, That's right. That's right. the thing that I'm kind of like, after a point, what bigger picture is there to see? What we're seeing now, it's not like I didn't see this coming. Like, you got to remember everything he did from then, being on the red carpet with a whole fifth of Henny yeah. with, um, yeah. with Amber Rose, right? Yeah. And then going on stage and, and interrupting Beyonce Taylor Swift, you know, all of this, all of this, like all of this stuff is happening, and like, and we laughed at it, and it was like, and then we sort of side with it because it's like, yo, that's that's my man, like whatever, whatever. And now he's gotten to the point where he's offending us, and now people are like, oh my god, and it's like, this has been a very, this has been a 10, 10, 15 years of I don't know how long his mom's been gone, but that's what's been happening, and I, I genuinely. Feel feel for him in the sense that I know he needs help. I'm tired of people monetizing this mental breakdown that this man is having. I'm tired of people letting him have platforms to get on and yeah. say crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we've seen this roller coaster and we've seen this thing spiraling out of control. And it's like, until he dies, 
And then people are like, well, we didn't see the signs, you know. It's, <laughs> it was just so crazy because we thought he was right. Nah, like right. this is the evidence right here. Mm -hmm. My man is out of control and he's off his medication. He needs medicine because he's not stable. Right. He's saying wild stuff. He ain't saying nothing he's saying. It sounds balanced. Anybody that's trying to legitimately reason half the crazy stuff that's coming out of his mouth is just off his rocker. It's just not. It's, I don't care how great an album he dropped. It does, it's none of it's meaningless to me at this point because we're looking at someone who's really in a mental health crisis. And because he's resisting the help, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's just like, well, what can, you, what can we do? We can't do anything. We can't force him to get treatment. We can't force him to take his medication, which we really can't. But at the end of the day, what we can also not do is give him more platforms to just say crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Why not? Yeah, I think... Because at some point, we have to care about people. And we have to recognize when someone is ill, mm -hmm. and it just can't be about the money. Because okay. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why. And, and I think what G said was something I wanted to piggyback on. You can't because at some point, the blood gets on your hands. At some point, you become responsible for... It's not just as simple as, I ain't say it, I just passed in the microphone. Right. If you knew that he was going to say destructive or harmful or problematic things. To who though? Who gets to determine, what's the jury on the problematic things? Everything that he's already said. Right, but to who, right? Because there's, there's a, there's, we're, we're looking at it, right? Okay, there's so, a so, so that's a great, people who, so here's who the thing. support him. So here's the thing, so I'll, use, so I'll, use, so I'll use Nori as an example, right? Like I wasn't gonna air nobody out, but I'll use Nori as an example, because Alex Jones is a whole different animal. Yeah. Tucker Carlson is a whole different animal. I'll use Nori as an example. When Nori had him on the interview, the one he went bonkers on, not the crazy hair joint, but the one he went bonkers on. The first thing Nori did was he went on social media and said, my interview with Ye got more views than NFL football mm -hmm. on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you're doing that, you're not just doing it for the publicity. You're doing it because you know that there's something about what this person is saying. It's lit. That is, it's not lit. <laughs> it's lit. It's baby. exploitation. Exploitation. That's lit. Nah, it's nope. not lit, bro. You can't spell exploit without lit. You cannot spell exploit without lit. That's where it came from. Is that if God forbid something happens to him, the narrative is going to completely change, and everybody that was jumping on that bandwagon, riding his tail trying to make money on it is going to be perceived as a bad person. You so, know what I'm saying? Not just that, but hold on. Here's the thing. The other thing is, it's irresponsible. And I'll tell you why you, you have to understand it's irresponsible, particularly given the subject matter and the communities we're talking about. And I'll break this down for you. We have to realize that when you have platforms that reach literally hundreds of thousands, millions of people, Everybody does not move or walk or exist in the spaces that you do. So their ability to navigate the spaces that they're in are very different than your ability. So for someone like Nori, for example, to put him on his show, you're very removed from someone who lives in the middle of Wichita, Kansas, or Omaha, Nebraska, or Columbus, Ohio, and is deep-seated and surrounded by white supremacy in every corner. I mean, there's a reason that Jay has become a darling of white supremacists. Mm -hmm. And that sort of rhetoric enables them to act out in ways that make people like me and you unsafe. 
So what you are doing when you share a platform like that irresponsibly is that you're now taking on, whether you like it or not, you are now taking on the, the responsibility and the blame and the fault for people of color, for Jewish people, mm-hmm. for gay people, for marginalized people who are the most vulnerable among us being unsafe and even worse, bad stuff happening to them. A lot of these people, those who are on those platforms, um, don't necessarily live by the stuff that they speak, but they don't have to deal with the backlash of it because they live protected in a safe place. We don't don't have that. What do you mean? I'm I'm, I'm confused. Like, what are you prepared to do? You said at the beginning of this conversation that that there's a particular section of of, of America that's kind of nurtured him and embraced him. Yes. Right. That to me means he formed an ally. He's one of us, right? And he went out and created. That's the, to be debated. To be debated at this point, he's definitely. So not, now he's not one of us now. Like, he's he's, he's like, one of everybody. But you know the saying: every everybody has skin folk and kin folk. Like this is this is not the this is not the same kind of West. You can't form an ally with somebody who hates me. Yeah, that's not an ally. He is not. He is not in any way aiding or abetting uh, a better life for us in this country or in this world. He is, he is all, he's out literally out of his mind and he is saying things that And you not, think he's alone in being out of his mind? No, no, no. So no, this no. is the point I was no, no, hoping no, that we not, got but to. No, no, but it's not that though. Let me get to this, okay. right? So he, he's out of his mind, right? <laughs> There's a lot of motherfuckers out here out of their mind. I need you to land this plane, bro. Yeah. The whole plane is out of his mind. Everybody <laughs> on this flight is nuts, right? So where do we land this motherfucker? Do we land this shit at JFK or LaGuardia? Both places are, 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 are filled with motherfuckers that are not out of their minds. How do we get this plane down? I got you. Easy answer. Where? I'm cool. In the water? I'm cool if the whole plane is full of passengers that are out of their mind, but the pilot is in his right mind. No, nah, he's out of his no, mind no, no, too. No, no, no. The problem is that this person who's out of his mind is the pilot, the stewardess, they they the person they the person on the ground. They, he's all of that, mm-hmm. and his platform makes him all of that. Mm-hmm. See, a random person who's out of their mind is not really a threat, but Kanye West, mm-hmm. out of his mind, is a threat when he's spewing the things that he is but spewing. But he's a threat to who? He's a threat to us because he's associate not disassociating himself. He's mm-hmm. aligning himself with people who are firmly and unequivocally against us. Uh, where's the problem? Gee, I'm gonna let you have the last I'm word on this. <laughs> What's the problem? Suckers are born every day. Don't be one. And we can't keep dismissing that. So what? We can't say so what to that. We can't say so what to that. And everybody, the minute something happened, RIP, sleep in peace. Oh my gosh, it's so sad. Cats is dying. And then when we see the situation leading up to that, we stand on the sideline being like, oh, well, ain't nothing we could do. No, there's something we can do. We can stop. Stop what? Buying the fly sneakers on the, on the market? No, it ain't about the sneakers on the Stop market. Stop listening to it's this just, dope oh, We were just on a plane. Now we buying Jordans. I need us to stay in one lane. Stop right. giving him Wait, the I love analogy. Why are we going to stay in one lane no. with something that's unstable? This whole conversation got to no, be it's, unstable. It's, it's simple. Is Fuck that. a real issue, and we need to be able to identify it, and we need to be able to create steps <laughs> to get people whole. Nah, Kurt said we're going out with a bang today, motherfucker. Word. You want the year wrapped up? We're going to wrap this year up. That is going <laughs> to do it for our year in review. I think that there is a it's about to be a fight after word. This. word. I think that you know what 
you just saw in terms of Fuck this. that I flip all the way. Personal man. display of what mental health <laughs> right. looks like. I, 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 well, I, I like think that is really what the challenge is. We go to the same therapist. Having this conversation around yay and community and how because I think there's there's a lot of different ways to interpret it. I think at the end of the day though, because this is my platform, I'm mm. going to choose to use it responsibly. And right. I'm going to say that we cannot enable people who are making alliances, emboldening, stoking flames that are against other people's humanity, period, full stop. Mm. Regardless of whether it's against my humanity as a black person, regardless of whether it's against your humanity as a Jewish person, regardless of whether it's against your humanity as a queer person, if you are emboldening people who are threatening the safety of other people's humanity, you bear responsibility for that. And the bigger your platform, the bigger your responsibility. So that's it. That's gonna do it for our year in wrap up. Happy holidays. I hope you've enjoyed another edition of the Charles Coleman Podcast. We wanna wish you a happy holiday. We wanna thank you for tuning in. Before you go, make sure you hit that like button, that subscribe button. Make sure you're following us, sharing us, liking us, loving us. Wherever podcasts are heard, we are your new favorite podcast, the new home for black brilliance. Come get with us. We're not just all the way up. We all the way outside. We all the way in hyperspace. So you know what it is. The Charles Coleman Podcast, from us to you, wishing you a happy holiday and a blessed new year. We'll see y'all in January. Peace. 